On this episode of the Splendid Sports Podcast, I talk with RC of Sports Card Sellers, Inc. We connected over Twitter after he made an interesting post observing how most of the cards that he's tracking are roughly the same price now as they were a year ago. It's like the last year never even happened. That led us to this conversation where we talk about that very topic and perhaps even more importantly, why we think that happened along with what we think the short-term and the long-term future holds for sports card prices. Here it is. RC, the way I connected with you was actually through Twitter. I saw a post that you made. You're seeing prices back to like 2020 levels. Thank you um, for having me on. Um, I was, what I like to do is I like to go back and I like to kind of look at some cards that I'm interested in and kind of see how they've been performing and what I noticed was that some of the cards that I looked at, uh, for example, uh, Bat Down Acuna, some early Trouts, uh, uh, Kobe, uh, they are at, they are selling now what for what they were selling for back in say November December of last year. Okay. So uh, as I was saying, it feels like the last you know twelve months have never really happened. You know, especially mm-hmm. that uh, rise in prices or what sold 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 prices uh, back in you know February to April uh, time frame. I've noticed that too. Now, before we get too deep into that, can you give mm-hmm. me a little background on you know your history in the hobby, what you're doing now? Oh sure, yeah. So I, history is probably very similar to a lot of your listeners. You know, I collected cards as a kid, uh, got out of it. For when I got a little bit older, but you know, with the pandemic hitting, you know, I had some time off. Uh, I'm a teacher by trade, so I had some time off there, and and you know, I started looking at you know how I could fill my time. And one of the things that really I uh, gravitated towards was sports cards. I uh, started jumping back in, you know, buying, selling, and now I mostly I'm selling uh, kind of as a side, you know job hustle as some people want to call it uh and that's kind of where i'm at right now you know how long have you had your ebay store for oh i mean i've had it technically since 2009 but i didn't i kind of sold off and on and it was really over the last year uh year and a half that i've really started putting a lot of uh cards in my store and taking that more uh seriously as say like a a side business yeah because i was looking at it you have it looks like primarily raw cards right yeah primarily raw and it's actually funny you know i was just talking to someone about that the other day which was you know i remember i'm my friends would describe me as risk averse like i'm not the type of person that's going to jump in and i'm very methodical and uh you know i was looking at you know getting a um an account with psa and i just was like it was like 250 dollars and it was it was like twelve dollars a card, and I'm sitting there thinking, "Oh my gosh, that's too much money." And you know, you look at it now, and you're like, "What were you thinking?" You know? Yeah. Uh, so, but you know, that was I would say that was probably around January of this year, and then boom, you know, PSA shut down, so that wasn't really an option. And so, what my mindset was: Well, people, you know, they're still going to want raw cards. What, you know, what can where where what angle can I take that I, that a lot of sellers aren't. And one thing, if you notice, one thing that I really focus on is serial numbered cards. Mm. So I go around and I dig and I dig and I dig, and I really try to find, you know, those serial number cards that, of, of players that people, uh, collectors are looking for. And that's what I 
primarily put in my uh, in my eBay store. Where do you find the inventory to dig through? Where I'm from, uh, which is here, uh, uh, Bakersfield, California, not a lot of card shows. Don't really get to make it down to L.A. very much where, you know, they have some card shows there. You know, they've got Burbank sports cards. You know, I don't really get a chance to make it down there. So primarily I shop online. I look around online and some of the places that I look at, you know, ComC, uh, Beckett Marketplace, Sports Lots. Those are the big three that I really uh, gravitate towards and where I really find a lot of the um, my deals. I've had some pretty good luck lately with uh, finding cards on ComC where, I mean, I've gotten a couple back that mm-hmm. I, I, I bought off of ComC Raw and they came back, you know, with SGC grading as a 10. And I, I always thought like, I know better now, but I thought when I kind of first got into it, I was thinking like, well, if there's a raw card, odds are, you know, it's it's not graded for a reason. It's because it probably won't get a nine or a 10. Um, but what I found is that kind of like what you were saying, a lot of people don't play in the graded game because of where things are at right now. Right. So a lot of these cards that are out there for sale, they could be tens, you know, and not to absolutely. say they all will be, but it is. Mm-hmm. I've had some pretty good luck with that myself. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, a lot of people, they are not in that grading game. They don't want to be in that game. Uh, some of them are, uh, uh, I've, I've found as through conversations with some of the sellers that I purchased from, they're they're older, you know, older than myself. They're maybe in their uh, 50s, 60s, and that's just not uh, a, the where they want to go with what they have. So they just want to sell it raw, get it, get it sold, get it gone, and move on to the next thing. And that's kind of where the hobby's kind of always been. Uh, except for maybe the last, you know, year, couple years, really. When you made that uh, post, you, mm-hmm. you you are seeing a lot of data and you sent me actually some links that I'm going to put in the show notes uh, mm-hmm. wherever this episode goes. But mm-hmm. can you go through maybe some of that as far as what you're seeing? Like like you said, it was almost like the last year didn't happen. Uh, what are some of the what are some of the things you're looking at as far as to to track that, but also maybe even some of the reasons why you think that is the case? Well, the great question. And so when I was looking at that, I do. I like I said, I'm very methodical and I like to ask myself, why are things happening the way that they're happening? And, you know, I think for a lot of people, they'll automatically look at, OK, you know, cards aren't as I don't want to say as popular, they're actually just as popular as they were a year ago. Uh, but why aren't things selling as much as they were, you know, eight, nine, ten months ago? And I think a lot of people will automatically look at, well, you know, we did, you know, people aren't getting stimulus checks, you know, uh, rental, you know, people are having to pay rent again, uh, you know, things like that. And they would be correct. I mean, those to me, based off of what I'm seeing, though, that's absolutely, you know, with that's absolutely one of the main reasons why we're not prices aren't where they were you know eight or nine months ago one of the links that i sent you it was looking at you know monthly percentage of change in disposable personal income here in the united states and if you look back to uh january february uh march area you know the percent of disposable income that people had was very very high and you can chalk that up to the reasons that i mentioned previously which were you know people were getting stimulus checks tax returns rental freeze you know things like that for a, a, a particular person they weren't a, they didn't have to pay rent they were getting a tax return and they were getting a stimulus check and that's a big infusion of cash and since we were in a pandemic you know or we are currently are in one you know at the time people weren't going out to eat people weren't going to the movies they weren't traveling so they had this influx of cash and nowhere to spend it and so 
I think a lot of people uh, gravitated towards something, things like sports cards and Pokemon cards, and that's where they spent their money. And some people used, uh, spent, took that money and they used it to buy cards to flip to, and buy, uh, you know, wax to flip and make some extra cash, you know? So now that that's kind of dried up, you know, that we haven't had a stimulus since that time, you know, people are paying rent again. People are going to have, people are starting to have to spend their money on things that, you know, essentials rather than disposable items like sports cards. Would you consider yourself a sports fan? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, fig- I mean, I figured, yeah, I used to assume that, right? Like if, if someone is in, in, in sports cards as a hobby mm-hmm. or even as an investment, mm-hmm. you would assume that, well, they must be big sports fans. One of, one of the things I wonder is Gary V, right? I, mm-hmm. I, honestly, I never, I mean, I'm not, I, I'm sounds like a great guy and, you know, mm-hmm. very successful guy. I had never heard of him. And then all of a sudden, like when I first got back into sports cards, all I'm hearing on like different shows and podcasts that are, Gary V, Gary V, Gary V. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, who's Gary V? I looked him up. Sounds like he was more of an investment guy, right? Like a life coach or like, uh, mm-hmm. you're, you know, kind of motivational guy. Right. Right. Uh, good. You know, and that's that's great. But it seems like maybe a lot of the people that when he really started focusing on sports cards, when was it like 2020 or something like yeah. maybe a little before that? Devin uh, Booker, yeah, I yeah, when he, yeah, and again, you probably know more about this than me, but one of my, I guess, theories in my head is, did he bring in a lot of people into the hobby that aren't sports fans? That's a good question, and yeah, to an extent, I mean, Gary Vee, he's more of a like a he's a brand guy, so it's build your brand. He shows you like you know get on social media, and like that's his thing, you know, and that's how he built his business and 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 all of that. And uh, you know, I did do believe that he did bring in a lot of young people into this into the card space that we're looking at it like the same people that are buying you know shoes um online are were jumped in and they're buying pokemon and they're buying sports cards uh to flip and they're making money and as long as i i believe like yeah they're i don't i don't want to say like oh they're not sports fans you know like maybe they are maybe they aren't but i think their angle is more you know making money and so they're doing what they do uh they do you know they grab the ps5s they grab the shoes they grab everything the the uh what do you call it the um, computer chips you know uh memory cards and yeah. you know they resell them and they're making money and i think that's a part of the hobby that you know we a lot of people weren't accustomed to that they're they're still wrapping their heads around you know a lot of people are frustrated by it um i just look at it kind of it's just a part of the hobby that you know You've got to uh, swim in that, you know, and and try to get through it. Uh, But I I don't I if as long as there's money to be made, they'll remain in the hobby. Um, And that's one thing that, you know, if you notice, you know, obviously the price for wax has increased. Uh, People are getting smarter. They're getting smarter as far as what they're buying. You know, it used to be they would clear out, you know, when Target would do a drop or Walmart would do a drop online, it'd be gone in a second. Like Mm -hmm. the average person had no chance to get anything online or you go in stores and it's all gone. But now when you walk in, you're starting to see a lot of uh, wax, but it's not the kind of product that you can put online and sell for 100 percent profit, 200 percent profit, you know, buy, spend twenty dollars, make forty dollars. You know, that it's, that's not happening as much anymore. So, you know, it, there is a, a, a part of that where it's kind of like, 
yeah, they're, they're, they're not spending as much money as they used to. And that's pulling money out of the hobby. So it's having an effect on card prices. You know, a lot of, some people talk about, you know, I was having another conversation with someone. They were saying, you know, I, it didn't, it wouldn't surprise me. In fact, I think it was in the tweet that I sent. It wouldn't surprise me if like the 89 Griffey was pumped up, you know, and that's one of the downsides that we've noted that I've noticed. And a lot of people have noticed about what has gone on over the last 18 months is a lot of what you would call a pump and dump where they would pump the price of a card and then they would unload it. And then it, the price of the card would plummet. You know, Project 2020 was a, a really big example of that. Um, and so I, I there is a the, uh, the reason why I think the card market is the way that it is right now is definitely multivariate. You know, it's not just you can't just put your finger on one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, one angle that I'm looking at is what we talked about is just people not having the disposable income that they had, you know, a year ago. And so, you know, it's kind of been relatively flat over the last eight or nine months. And, you know, where is the hobby going to go moving forward? You know, I've looked at a lot of what's what's coming up, too, I, I think, with the with fanatics coming in. And I've, I've actually watched a few pretty good uh, interviews with Josh mm-hmm. Luber recently. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I, I, again, another guy I'd never heard of. But, <laughs> yeah, but again, I'm not, that's just a knock on me. I wasn't that knowledgeable on like, you know, the who's who and, and everything like that. But mm-hmm. um, man, that guy, I, I really am impressed with that guy um, because I, I, you know, he's a collector. And yeah. the way he talks, like I find myself yeah. nodding like, yes, yes. Yeah. I love everything he says. Uh, one of the things that he is saying is he wants to try to uh, not just him, but his, his, you know, his company and everything. Yeah. They, they want to try to bring in like three times. So they want to try to triple the amount of people that are into sports cards. That's one of their goals. They don't know if they can do it, but that's mm-hmm. the idea. Now I'm a little more enthusiastic about that because I feel like if fanatics, you know, has that mindset, that's going to be bringing in people most likely uh, that are into sports, right? Like I think that like people who know fanatics or whatever, they, they buy sports gear, sports, everything they sell. So at Mm -hmm. least those are sports fans who uh, I think are more likely to stick around because I think that's Mm -hmm. a key factor. I think it's going to depend on who you bring into the hobby. If you're developing new collectors, lifelong Mm -hmm. collectors, uh, I think that's going to be, that's going to be the key for a long-term success. If it's just a matter of like, Hey, let's get Gary V to get another round of new people mm-hmm. in this thing for a few months, and then we'll pump it up, and then we'll sell our cards at ridiculous prices, and then it's going to crash mm-hmm. again. I hope that's not like what the plan is. I hope it's like, hey, let's get new collectors who love sports and love cards. That's what I'm hoping for, I guess. Yeah, and I and I agree with you. I mean, it has to come what what Luber and and Nat Turner and everybody what they're working towards. It it has to start with the foundation of a love for sports cards and also a love for sports it can't just be about making money uh because it, it, that it, it, there's uh it it doesn't i'm trying to think of the right word but it doesn't really feel it doesn't feel authentic you know one mm-hmm. thing i've noticed about luber you know i i watched some interviews with him as well and he does come across as very authentic that he does care about the sports card market and so i appreciate that and and you know uh, moving forward, you know, if we're talking about what, you know, sports cards are going to be five years from now with basically, you know, Luber and Matt Turner uh, or Matt Turner kind of running the show with and then Fanatics running the show, you know, where are where are sports cards going to be? I do feel uh, a sense of optimism with that because, you know, I've seen Matt Turner and he doesn't feel he doesn't come across as you know look at me look at me you know and same with uh, luber they don't come across as it's all about them they really they very much feel like they are 
sports card collectors and uh, uh, aficionados first and you know everything else kind of second and so I, I i like i said i feel very optimistic about where we're headed and i do you know there's a lot of collectors there's a lot of sellers out there you'll see them on twitter you'll see them on instagram that are definitely doing a great job at promoting the love of the hobby and then that's where i'm where i want to be and that's where i want my you know what my brand and what i'm doing that's kind of where my head's at i want to you know do what's best for the hobby it's not just always about you know making money and and moving it on to the next person and you know it, it's not just an, an always an investment thing you know i think there's a lot of people maybe not the majority but there's a lot mm -hmm. in the hobby like me where i'm a collector but mm -hmm. i also hope to make some money down the road from my cards do you, are, do mm -hmm. you have a personal collection or are you, are you simply a dealer no, I have a personal collection. I am uh, an Atlanta Braves fan, so this year's been very good to me. Uh, are good, uh, and uh, I, what I when I jump back in and say, technically, I mean, I jumped back in. I want to say around 2016 as just strictly a collector. One thing that I had in my mind that I really wanted to do, and I've been in the process of doing that, was collect uh, uh, one base card of every Braves player throughout the years that tops ever produced so you go back to 1961 all the way to today you know a, a, a every base card of each player that played for the Braves that was released by tops and so I've been working on that uh, excuse me for about five years six years now um and you know I'm doing very well with that and then I also collect you know Acuna Freeman Albies you know different things like that very brave centered uh, not a big fan. I don't have a favorite team in other sports. Uh, as I like to tell people out, it always feels like I'm cheating on my Braves, you know, if I root for another team. So it's very, I'm very weird like that. Uh, but I'm strictly Braves, you know, bobbleheads, uh, cards, you know, different things like that. Well, first off, congrats. What a, what a season. <laughs> Y'all God. Yeah. Uh, awesome year now. Yeah. So Braves, do you have any Hank Aaron cards? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I have. Right now, I have everything that he, a base card of his from 59 to 70, you know, four when he retired. Uh, I don't have anything earlier, and I was in the process, um, but his cards have just exploded over the last, you know, couple of years. You know, not just with, with his, you know, unfortunate passing, but even before then, his cards were just uh, uh, crazy. Uh, you know, I remember looking at some 58s, and they were, you know, for a good, a decent, uh, I'm not I, I'm not like a mint guy, you know, it's like if it's centered, you know, that's good enough for me kind of thing. As long as there's no paper loss and it's centered, I'm good. And so those types of cards you call what excellent condition kind of thing. They were running about one hundred and twenty bucks. Now, good luck finding one under two hundred dollars, you know, and it just it, it, it multiplies as you go farther back, you know, fifty seven, fifty six. If they're just so uh, out of my price range. But, you know. One of the things, one of the reasons why I started kind of doing the selling was to kind of help fund that. You know, I like I said before, I'm just, I'm a teacher. I don't make a ton of money. You know, so how can I get those cards that I want? You know, without having to really blow out, you know, my disposable income budget that I get every month. You know, that I allot myself every month. You know, one of the ways was to sell sports cards, and now it's just kind of growing into a more side business type of thing. I'm a Mickey Mantle collector. I also nice. collect some Willie Mays. What I wonder is, I know obviously Mickey Mantle cards, let's just focus on him. And, and Hank Aaron is kind mm -hmm. of in that same boat where they're all time greats, legends. Right. 
uh, and their and their values have definitely climbed in recent recent times here. Mm-hmm. But what one of the things I wonder is where we're at time period now. If you think about like so, like my dad saw Mickey Mantle play when he was a kid, mm-hmm. uh, and he relayed those stories to me. And you know, he was pretty young. You know, my dad's mm-hmm. 70, 75. so he's he's in that age range where you know Mickey Mantle was the guy. Mickey mm-hmm. Mantle was that, and he relayed that info info to me when I was a kid, and that kind of caught on to me. Mm-hmm. What I wonder is like if we flash forward, let's say another twenty years, right? Uh, mm-hmm. The guy, the the generation that really saw Mickey Mantle play and Willie Mays play, mm-hmm. unfortunately, they're going to probably not be here, right? And mm-hmm. they're, uh, right. they're certainly not going to be that probably that much involved in the sports card hobby, right? Uh, now, and and the kids of those people, right, that maybe have that connection. Do you think any of the lore is going to fade a little over time? Meaning like with Hank Aaron, even with, with Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle, I know they're legends mm-hmm. and they're all time greats, but like, do you think there's going to be any waning of that over? I'm talking like decades, a couple decades from now. What do you, what do you think? Uh, it's a good, great question. I, I believe that. Yeah. In some respect, it will wane, uh, you know, kids focus on the players of here and now, and they hear the stories and they can appreciate the stories, especially if it comes from a source that they respect, you know, like fathers and uncles and brothers or what have you. Uh, so, you know, when you heard the stories of Mickey Mantle, those because they were coming from your dad, those meant something to you and that you now have a respect for Mickey Mantle based off of what your father, uh, the stories your father shared with you. And I believe like, you know, us, you know, for me, you know, I'm 42 my dad 65 he was more of a football guy i i gravitated more towards baseball but um for uh for me the stories that i would tell my kids would be you know chipper jones and ken griffey jr and albert Pujols and you know the greats that that i saw you know growing up and then they'll have a respect for those players but when it, it, you know so it won't mean the same obviously uh come for my kids as it does for me just like your father's uh, love of Mickey Mantle like you have a love for Mickey Mantle but it's not exactly the same because like you said you didn't really get to see him play you didn't really get to appreciate you know when he played and so over time that'll become lessened you know like ask a kid today about Babe Ruth you know they probably won't barely I would say a very small percentage would actually like oh my god he was like the greatest player of all time you know I don't think you'll get that argument now um, compared to say when you were a kid or when your dad was a kid you know, obviously it doesn't really affect card prices so much. Go buy Try to find a, a Babe Ruth card uh, that, that's affordable, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, but, you know, as when it comes to sports, yeah, over time it, it, it will happen. And one of the things that I really love about baseball is its love for statistics and looking at statistics and appreciating the statistics, you know, where you don't really get that with football. You don't get that with basketball as much. Um, and it, so it, it kind of, it definitely connects the past with the, with the present. And, you know, there's, for those that are interested, they're going to find a lot of love and, 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 and a lot of really cool, uh, things in the sport of say like baseball. Um, and, and you know, to also football and, and basketball. I mean, I think there's, you can really get a good, um, what's the right word. I can't think of the right word, but a, an appreciation for the past by, taking the time and looking at what the what former players did you know yeah it, it's I, I think about it because you know you hear a lot of people say like oh you can't go wrong with mickey mantle cards they're, they're mm-hmm. always going to go up in value and i know the 52 mantle 
I guarantee mm-hmm. that's gonna that's never you know that's gonna keep going up just because right. of scarcity and, and exactly and, and people know that card. But like, what about like the 1956 Topps Mantle, right? Where mm-hmm. it's a great card, even if you mm-hmm. have it in like a high. I have a pretty good grade in that card and a mm-hmm. PSA card. Uh, it's a beautiful card. I love it. Um, but I'm wondering, like, and, and there's not a, there's not a complete shortage of those, really. Like, there's mm-hmm. not like there's a, there's enough of them. You can get one, right? Yeah. But I think in order for a card like that to maintain growth growth over time, you need you need at least the same or more amount of mantle collectors in the hobby, right? Because true. Uh, now, twenty years from now, are there going to be more mantle collectors out there than there are right now? I don't. I mean, maybe, but it doesn't. It doesn't seem like it probably there'll probably be less mantle collectors, I think. Right. Well, yeah. Well, it becomes as time goes on, the card becomes a, less about Mickey Mantle and more as a, more of a commodity, you know, right. something that you trade for cash, you know, and what's the value of this? You know, it's just like when it comes to money itself, you know, we put the value on it, you know. So what is a Mickey Mantle worth 20 years from now? It depends on, you know what people at the time believe that it's worth, you know, because it's such a scarce commodity, uh, it's going to hold value and it's probably going to increase in value um, just because of its rarity. And as long as uh, the, the, the demand for that card is built in just because it, it it's transitioned from being just a sports card to an investment commodity. We talked a little about long-term. What do you mm-hmm. think as far as like short-term let's uh, let's assume that like, I totally agree with you on those economic factors that mm-hmm. definitely played a role in it. Uh, mm-hmm. But let's say, let's say those kind of stay the same as they are right now, as far as, you know, there's not going to be a new wave of stimulus checks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Everything kind of stays how it is now with those outside factors. Right. What do you, what do you see for like the next, let's say the next year or two, do you see prices continuing to go down or come back up a little, or do you think we'll ever reach like where things peaked out at in like February, something mm-hmm. like that? Right. Great question. Uh, you know, one of the things that I, I actually uh, optimistic on is that over the last four or five months, even though despite, you know, disposable income being relatively flat, uh, you know, obviously we can get into uh, inflation and the price of, you know, uh, goods are, are, are more expensive. So, the you know, the how much money you have to spend is now going more towards essentials than you know, because it's more expensive, that leaves you less money for disposable income. But one of the things that I'm optimistic about is that there is a lot of resistance as far as where the prices of cards are at. So for example, you know, I was looking up a Soto 2018 Soto US 300, you know, a PSA 10s. And, you know, a year ago, they're about 150 $160. Today, you can get one for about 150 to $175. And that's been relatively consistent over the last three or four months, despite the fact that, you know, we, like you said, we're not getting stimulus checks, despite the fact that we're, people are paying the rent again, uh, despite the fact that inflation is high, or has, it's higher than expect, expect, that's higher than expected. Um, that it's still holding strong at 150, 160 dollars, and I think that, you know, to really try, it's kind of hard to make a guess on where the hobby is going to be in, you know, a year or or two years because it where the hobby goes is really tied to how is our economy doing. Will people have disposable income to spend on? purchasing cards for every person that is looking to buy a card to try to flip or to try to sell you know there has to be someone on the other end willing to pay the money for that card 
to own, you know, and if there are, if, if people are not, if they don't have that money or if they're choosing to spend that money on different things, you know, things are starting to kind of open up a little bit more. And one of the things I sent you was the um, consumer spending report. Um, and one of the things that it was highlighting that the money, the disposable income that people have, they're starting to spend it more on travel, apparel, uh, uh, restaurants, you know, things like that. I would assume movies uh, as well. And so they're choosing to take that disposable income and put it towards things that they did before, you know, things got shut down, before people had to stay home. Um, will we see things go back to the where, where they were earlier this year? I feel like what happened earlier this year was a, 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 a crescendo of different things coming together all at once. And it was kind of like a flash, you know, point. And I don't foresee it going, coming, going back there again, because it's like, when are we going to have a time where people are going to have ex a ton of extra cash in their pocket and nowhere to spend it? You know, I, does that mean that, you know, sports cards, the hobby can't get, get higher, can't get better? I, th I think it absolutely can, but not in the way that it was. I don't think so. It's going to have to be a new way for that to happen. You know what I mean? hundred percent. And I think a little prediction from me, um, no expert, but mm -hmm. I think a good telltale as far as like short term, a telltale sign would be, I think really over the next couple of months, January, February, mm -hmm. tend to, to see a little uptick. You know, there's probably a bunch of reasons for that, but mm -hmm. if we see, um, it, again, it's not going to be what it was last February. I don't think I, I yeah. No, that, that we don't expect that. Like you said, mm -hmm. there's just factors that are just like once in a generation, once in a lifetime things that happen that won't yeah. happen again. Uh, but if we see some from where we are now, some creep up uh, mm -hmm. in general in the general market, let's say mm -hmm. as we head into February, that would be a good sign. If we don't, yeah. if we see, see things kind of either tread water or even go down a little bit more, mm -hmm. that could be a sign that you know, maybe, maybe there's still room to go before we hit like a bottom or whatever you want to call right. it. Right. And I think I, and I, I definitely agree with that. I think it still is kind of remains to be seen. we got to, you got to keep looking at where things are headed, you know, uh, over the next couple of months to your point, you know, you've got tax returns coming up and you've got, you know, Christmas money and, and different bonuses and, you know, different things like that. So yeah, usually January, February is a really positive time for the hobby. Uh, I do expect things to get, probably get a little bit better over the next couple of months to your point, I would like to see where things are going to go after that. You know, um, I, I, I'm optimistic, you know, despite me saying, you know, that, you know, there's some uncertainty there. I am very optimistic as far as, you know, collectors are smarter. The hobby has gotten smarter over the last 18 months, you know, and I think there's a lot, there's a lot of great, um, uh, things that will come from that. Uh, and, you know, people are spending their money better than they did 18 months ago in this hobby. And I think that, you know, we're, there's going to be some pain for some people, especially people that leveraged, you know, their money on base cards and, and graded base cards. I think that, that there's that part of the hobby is going to there's going to be some uh, suffering there, I think. Um, but those that invested in rookies, especially parallels and numbers and autos and, you know, things like that. I think the hobby is, is very strong and will remain very strong. 
Um, and the one thing, no matter, like you had mentioned earlier about the people coming in, the Gary V effect, you know, those people may come and go, but there's more people in this hobby than there were two years ago. And there will remain more people in this hobby, you know, as time goes on. So that's a positive net and looking at a positive effect and looking at guys like Luber and Nat Turner and, and who feel like they're, you know, uh, they, they feel, uh, what's the right word? Um, real, you know, they, they don't feel mm -hmm. fake. They feel like, you know, that, and they're jumping in and they're doing some things and, and there's a lot of, and another thing, there's a lot of people investing a lot of money in this hobby right now, big money. And those people aren't investing money thinking that, you know, things are going to fall off a cliff. You know, they're optimistic and, and they're, they wouldn't be putting all this money towards the hobby if they didn't think that there was something there. So, you know, I think people should, you know, get, you know, do your research, dig deep, you know, like, and, and if you're going to buy cards to invest in, you know, really do your research. Um, don't get caught up in what everybody else is doing uh just you know trust yourself and uh and and go from there uh i was lucky enough that i i've been kind of buying sports cards i haven't been heavily involved like i am now into sports cards but mm -hmm. i i've been buying cards you know on ebay and so forth for years so mm -hmm. i i was lucky in that fact i didn't know this was no one knew this was going to happen i certainly right. didn't uh, but i was lucky enough that i've i've kind of i guess you'd call it dollar cost average mm -hmm. <laughs> you know like they talk about with stocks where yeah, ideally you want to consistently buy the same amount like in the S&P 500 over time because right. there's going to be crashes and dips and, and, and whatever. But mm -hmm. as long as you consistently buy the same amount mm -hmm. for years, many, many years, you're going to you're going to do very well. And I think the same can be said about sports cards. But the problem is a lot of people, they started in January and February. Right. So they came <laughs> yeah. in and they mm -hmm. bought Kevin Durant rookies and they bought James mm -hmm. Harden. They bought Giannis and they bought everyone under the sun. Mm -hmm. uh, NBA was, I think, the biggest culprit of this because it was in full yeah. swing at the time and it was mm -hmm. very pop, you know, popular. And I, I bought some of these cards myself, Kevin Durant rookie Same. cards that I, I thought, man, he's going to win the championship this year. And um, it's a short term play. Yeah. And I had this epiphany like that's not me. I'm not I'm not that type. You know, I'm a long term guy. So I, right. I, I put a quick stop to that. Mm -hmm. But I definitely along with a lot of other people, I have cards right now in my collection that they're never, I don't think they're ever going to get back to the price I bought them at. Like, even yeah. if I waited, <laughs> honestly, I could wait, I could wait 20 years, right? Kevin Durant yeah. might win two, two or three more championships. He might win the MVP right. this season, but I still don't think his, his rookie cards that I bought will ever get to the prices that I bought them at. <laughs> so, yeah. so what I'm thinking is, uh, I'm not in a bad position. Like a lot of other people are where uh -huh. they, they put maybe like most or all their, their hobby budget into those cards. So they're sitting uh -huh. there going, I can't what buy anything do. new unless I sell yeah. these things. So maybe they're in a position now where over the next couple of months, they might just have to sell them for a loss and yeah. then start, start up in a, in the market where it's at now where prices are lower. And right. maybe you can get yeah. in on some things that will grow and not just, and, and take the approach now moving forward of if I'm going to be a sports card buyer, then I should buy uh, every month. I should be buying yeah. cards every month I sh and, and, and budget it out that way rather than like, I'm going to make a big plunge. Because you don't know historically where the market is. I think the key is invest in the players that mm -hmm. that you really believe in long term. Yeah. And uh, if you if you if you buy consistently, then I mm -hmm. think you'll be all right. Yeah, absolutely. If if you're going from an investment standpoint, buy the players you like, 
uh, buy the players that you think are, you know, the, the goats and, uh, and get the best cards you can based off the budget that you have and, and, you know, do that. If you're a collector, you know, who I, I like for me, you know, like I said, I'm a Braves fan. I don't, I'm not trying to buy every Acuna autograph, you know, RPA, you know, all under the sun, you know, I get a, an Acuna card. That's even a base card. I'm happy. You know, I'm a Braves fan. You know, that's that's my collection. Um, but I, I, but you know, like I said, if you if you're an investor, then yeah, you want to stick to uh, you know things like you know numbered parallels and, and 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 of the of the the best that you can get under the budget that you have. The whole casket card thing that I keep hearing about. Oh, this card's going in my casket. Uh, <laughs> that's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, I, would, uh, I would agree with that. Most I mean, okay. Well, look, if you want to give your cards to your kids, that's, that's one thing, right? And then they can, you know, keep them as a memento of you or, or yeah. maybe they sell them. But, uh, I think as we get older, come on, we're either going to want to sell our cards and, right. and give our money to our kids or, or whatever, put it to good use that you can you right. know, go on trips and enjoy it with. Right. Uh, but are you really going to be buried in a casket with your with your Mickey Mantle card? I mean, come on, someone <laughs> should have that card. Don't bury it with. I mean, that's the dumbest. Exactly. I hearing that, I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, somewhere down the line, that card's getting sold. Like, yeah, uh, sell it. It, yeah. exactly. It may not be you, but if if it's not you, it's going to be your kids, and if it's not right. your kids, it's going to be your grandkids. Like, it's it, it's going to get sold. So the idea of putting it in the casket, yeah, that seems ridiculous to me. Maybe it's just a figure of speech. I probably I'm probably taking it too far, but I, I keep hearing it, and I'm like, wait a minute. Do you really mean you're going to put it in your casket? <laughs> uh, I'm sure there are some out there that would actually uh, are considering doing that. Um, but uh, yeah, I that's a yeah ridiculous notion for sure. Anyway, RC, uh, as I normally do, I kept you much longer than I than I said because I love talking this stuff, sports Same. cards, and, and everything. My so, but I really appreciate it, and I love if we could every you know every three months maybe every three to six months, something like that. We, sure. we check in on this and see where things are at. Yeah. I would love to come back and, and look at, you know, like you said, where's the hobby going to be in, in a couple of months, you know, come back and, and talk about that. Where, where did the hobby go? That'd be, that sounds like a lot of fun. Perfect. All right. Well, I will talk to you soon then. Thank you very much, RC. Thank you, Adam. All right. Bye now. Bye. Well, I really enjoyed that chat with RC. He's a great guy to talk to. And I think we're both optimistic on the long-term future for the sports card market. But understanding what happened to prices over this last year and some possible reasons why, I think is important. You can find the links that RC provided to that economic data in this episode's show notes, wherever you listen, mostly YouTube, Apple, and Spotify, as well as the original Twitter post that he made. Whether you're a sports card collector, investor, or a mix of both, I think keeping an eye on some of these external factors like consumer spending, disposable income, inflation rate statistics is a good idea. Even if you don't plan on selling any of your cards in the near future, you do probably plan on buying some more cards. So the more educated you can be on the factors that help drive prices up or down, the better decisions that you can make. Thanks again to RC from Sports Card Sellers Inc. Give him a follow on Twitter, visit his eBay store, and as he mentioned, His store specializes in selling serial numbered cards, so go check it out. Get those cards that you need for your collection. Thanks for listening.